Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Fellow Falcoholics, what is up? Welcome to another episode of the Dirty Birds and Brews podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Knight, at Falcoholic Kevin, joined by a special guest today. He is Rami Lavie. He's on Twitter, X, whatever you call it these days, at Rami underscore Lavie. He is the host of the In-Flight Snack podcast on the Believe Network with Bilal Powell. Rami, how are we doing today? Doing great. Thank you for having me. This is fun. Absolutely. Well, appreciate you making the time. We are going to get into this Falcons versus Jets game, which early in the season, like when the season started, I was like, maybe there's a... Maybe there's a chance this is like a, a playoff sort of vibe atmosphere. You know, the Jets are rolling with Rodgers and the Falcons are rolling, you know, with Ritter and, and everything's just working out well. And of course, as these two teams often uh, find themselves, it's it's kind of a death spiral uh, for, for both teams at this point. The Falcons have maybe come out of it. They did beat their their hated rivals in the Saints to get to five and six and Somehow that means you're first place in the NFC South. So very much still alive. Uh, the Jets at four and seven, definitely not out of it either, but it's it's getting darker there. Uh, although we did see Aaron Rodgers return to practice, so we'll, we'll, we'll get into that. That's that's definitely interesting. Uh, but we were gonna we're gonna dive into this Falcons Jets matchup, guys. Get Rami's takes on this team and and how this is going. Uh, so definitely stay tuned for all that good stuff before we dive in. I want to get you a real quick word from our sponsors today. First of all. BetOnline.ag, folks. The holiday season is off and rolling with the NFL in full stride and the NBA and NHL hitting midseason form. BetOnline remains your number one destination for all your sports wagering info with up-to-the-minute sports wagering news, odds, trends, and prediction. BetOnline is the top spot for everything pro and amateur sports, and it's not just the big four. BetOnline has info available at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile access at any time for almost any sport that's played from MMA to international soccer. I believe I saw some esports on there at some point. Whatever you guys like to get into, uh, you know, I told you, I think someone was asking me for Counter-Strike 2 picks the other day, and it's like, I, you know, maybe back in the day I could have given you those League of Legends picks, but these days, no, I, I don't got time for that anymore. But no matter what you want to bet on guys head to bet online today and remember to use our promo code believe that's b-l-e-a-v for your 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit bet online where the game starts well rami first of all welcome again to the podcast and curious first of all just it, it's been far from ideal so far with with the Jets start to the season obviously with Aaron Rodgers getting hurt but how, how are things going over there in, in New York I live in Syracuse so I, I do interact with a lot of New York fans in general even though I cover the Falcons but how, how's the season gone for you guys how, how are you guys handling it thus far uh, well to quote a Yankee manager former Yankee manager it's not what you want right Joe Girardi used to always say that so <laughs> Uh, it's not what you, it's not what we want. That's, that's how it's been. I mean, four plays into the season. Yeah. Typical jets, same old jets, whatever word you want to use. I, I was looking at it the other day and a day doesn't go by that. I don't just have a thought to myself at least three times a day. I would say where I'm just like, damn, if only Aaron Rodgers just stayed healthy, like how fun this, like the bills are in shambles. Look at, look at they, I mean, yeah. there's a, an arrest warrant out now for, for Von Miller that just came down this morning. Like, the Bills are a mess. The Dolphins, eh, they're a fair-weather team. They haven't beaten anyone good. They beat the Jets. The Jets are a bad team. Can you imagine what the season would look like? They were, they should have won the Pats game. They should have won 
the Vegas game. They could have won easily against the Chargers. All these games that they dropped, even the, the Chiefs game, there was right there for them to win. And it's like, well, guess what? No Rodgers. So you, you lost your whole season. I would almost rather they just never won that first game and we just didn't have hope. And Rodgers went down and they were, I don't know, just really struggling right now. Because to me, the 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 saddest and most difficult part of all this is, and at the end of the day, obviously it's football and it's fun. So I don't want to be overly dramatic about it. But the most frustrating part is it's just a repeat of last year. It's the same thing. Only we don't have Mike White, who's better than <laughs> Tim Boyle and Zach Wilson. And I don't know what Trevor Simeon looks like or, you know, what kind of blackmail everyone has on him because he can't get a chance to play. Although, spoiler alert, I do think he'll come into the game on, on Sunday. I think we'll end up seeing him. I mean, who knows how many quarterbacks we'll see in this game. We've seen, what, five between the two teams so far this year? So Yeah. It could be it could be like stuff. a carousel. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Not what you want, but uh we're here anyway. And like you said, four and seven, not totally out of it. And we get to see my guy A-Rod at practice. I mean, maybe that gives them a little bit of hope and a little bit of a juice, uh, a little bit of a bolt or boost is what I was gonna say. Yeah, yeah. No, bolster boost. I feel like that that should yeah. be a thing. We should figure out a way to make that a thing. But no, I mean I I can only imagine. It's like what if like the Falcons, you know, traded for, I don't know, the Falcons trade for some great veteran and then he just immediately gets hurt. Like, I mean, it, like Matt Ryan gets hurt on the fourth play of the game and like uh, in the 2016 season or something like that. And you don't get to see that magic happen. Um, it's it's brutal. Uh, I mean, I, I, I feel, I mean, I feel absolutely for Jets fans. I mean, it, it just crushing and the, the NFL itself has been dealing with the fallout because they've seen their primetime schedule basically ravaged by that just by that injury where they they were like ready to embrace the jets and i think you know a lot of people were it's a it's a team that's kind of always been a plucky underdog definitely you know that that blue collar team that i think a lot of people have it's just teams like the jets the falcons and the texans now you know like they're easy to root for because they they're not they're not grading on anyone that's not they're not overstaying their welcome um and so it's just everyone's sort of like oh maybe the jets we can finally see it and then of course just disaster strikes. And so I, I feel certainly for you guys on that one, but you know, it seems like that's far from the only issue too. I mean, obviously the defense is awesome and we're going to talk about the matchups there, but on offense, it seems like it, the quarterback has been not great, but there's been a lot of other issues there as well. Um, and, and what do you think sort of, I mean, obviously the, the injuries on the offensive line have been key and we should probably go ahead and open up some talk about the injury report so far for the Jets this week. But what's sort of the the, the injuries that you're monitoring heading into week 13? Well, the real injuries are on the offensive line. Like, that's where you're most concerned. But obviously, even without injuries, you're talking about guys like Randall Cobb and Alan Lazard being healthy scratches. Look. I don't, I don't want to say that everything would be fixed with Aaron Rodgers. Ultimately, he got hurt on a play where I think he held the ball too long, and he, he knows that. And he probably, But the offensive line was not good for the four snaps that he played, and the offensive line ultimately did figure it out a little bit. Um, Dwayne Brown was activated again, although he was terrible, so we'll see what happens this week with that. If he's going to start, he's going to start on the right side and the left side. Makai um, Becton maybe can come back this week, so we'll see how that goes. Also, obviously, Wes Schweitzer, the window for him to practice was opened up. So there's a lot of options that could be coming back because there was like a three-week stretch. People forget this, that the Jets' offensive line was really good. But AVT goes down again in Denver for the second consecutive year. So just some weird stuff going on on the O-line. And I know people don't love to hear offensive line talk. It's not the most interesting stuff. But ultimately, when everyone talks about the receivers and the, the 
play caller and Nathaniel Hackett and those guys not producing or even the running backs not producing or even the offensive line not producing. I'm not saying Rodgers would have made all of it perfect, but when you have a Hall of Fame quarterback back there who knows how to run the Nathaniel Hackett offense, who knows how to play with Lazard and Cobb and holds everyone accountable and can get the ball out of his hands quickly and make everyone else better on the team, it improves everything. So I think the Jets are really struggling from just the the surrounding circumstances are all struggling because you don't have that main piece. It was all built around one guy, and the second he went down, everything kind of went to hell, and that's where we sit right now. Yeah, I mean, I know it's been kind of a common refrain from national media types and stuff, but what what did you think about the decision to not bring in a more established backup behind Rodgers because it, again it looked like this was going to be we're going all in we got Rodgers for maybe a year or two here we think we, we obviously have the defense in place we think we have the offense in place now and then the the backup plan seemed to be just praying that Rodgers could make Zach Wilson a competent quarterback which I don't even you know I don't I'm not sure anyone could do that at this point but it was it was Zach Wilson and, and Tim Boyle were the, that was your backup plan for a Super Bowl run. Um, you know, I know that's got a lot of criticism. What did you think about that uh, that decision? I think going into the season, it was problematic, but it wasn't the problem. I think the way they looked at it was if if Zach Wilson needs to start a game or two and he needs to just be a game manager, I think we can handle that. I think the biggest part with Zach is how the anxiety builds and hearing it from the media and all that stuff. So if he came in for a game or two and Rogers had a hamstring and, you know, Zach had to start for two games, I think they would have been fine. In fact, look, they won four games with Zach. Wilson, yeah, right. Yeah. So I think that that would have been okay. Um, I think a season, a season ending injury on the first play of the season or the first drive of the season, nobody plans for that. Of course. Not. I think their mistake was once that happened, why did you hesitate to make a move? Why didn't you go? And I know Josh Dobbs has been worse of late. And he's been up and down, but still he's better than Zach Wilson or even bringing in a guy who was here last year and Joe Flacco. There were options out there uh, that were available to you. Jameis Winston's riding the bench in your own division. Like just a guy who's done it in the league a little bit. Carson Wentz, whoever it is, I'm not sure why there was zero. It was almost like, and I said this on my show last week, it was almost like, ah, Rodgers got hurt. What can we do? Punt on the season. And that that's the frustrating part because you knew that Zach couldn't be a starter for a full season. In fact, you admitted it last year when you relegated him to the third string quarterback and had guys like Chris Trevler playing over him. So I'm not sure why they felt the need. And part of the, the Zach thing was they didn't want to hurt his confidence. So they didn't want to bring in Mike White again and put someone ahead of him and, you know, hurt his confidence more. But to me at this point, like, you know, you weren't savage, salvaging Zach, especially not for a full season. So once Aaron went down, that was the time to make a move. And unfortunately, they didn't make it. And likely it's kind of going to cost Aaron Rodgers his opportunity to make a historic comeback. Like if this team is five and six, one win better. If they win one of those games that I mentioned earlier that they had chances to win, just one of them. And I look at the Vegas game as like the glaring one, right? If they just find a way to punch it in, Zach Wilson doesn't throw a terrible late interception where he looked like Derek Carr there where he just didn't see the linebacker. Uh, if that doesn't happen, then at five and six, Rodgers practicing, it's like, all right, let's just get to six and eight. And then Rodgers comes back for the last three games of the year. We could make the playoffs that way. But now it's just like, I don't know. What, what yeah. are we going to do? Yeah. I mean, speaking of Rodgers practicing, I mean, it, it's been 80 days as of today since the Achilles tear. Uh, I don't think anyone's even remotely 
come back in any timeline similar to this. Uh, mm. And it's 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 led to a lot of wild accusations that it wasn't a real injury or all that, which is ridiculous. But um, it it seems extremely unlikely to me that he will actually be able to play an NFL game in the next 21 days, given the timeline. But I'm curious what, you know, you guys are obviously closer to the situation. Um, what do you think it's a legitimate there is actually a legitimate chance that he would be cleared to play in a game in the next 21 days, or is this maybe more of a morale booster, more of a publicity thing? You know, I know a lot of people uh, have their opinions on Rogers and needing to be the center of attention, <laughs> that sort of stuff. Look, I love Aaron and I think it is somewhat of a morale boost. And I think I, I was a big Aaron Rodgers fan before he was a Jet. So I'm not one of these guys who's like, oh, now he's on the Jets, so I'm a huge fan. No, I've been a big fan for a long time, despite you know, people talking about it. And he does love attention. I, I I can both can be true. I can say I love Aaron Rodgers, and I can say yeah. he loves the attention. You see it every week on McAfee. I tweeted the cycle where Friday we get a crazy report, Sunday it's confirmed, Tuesday Rodgers walks it back on McAfee. That's been the theme for the last what now, three months. So Again, him coming back, Do I, I wrote this yesterday on Twitter. I tweeted out, well, the 21-day window is open now for Rodgers to come back. So remind me in 21 days for, uh, like, set a reminder on my phone so that in 21 days I could be ready for the announcement, Aaron is not coming back this year. Yeah. So, like, that's what I think is going to happen. I don't think he's going to be activated in 21 days, especially if the Jets lose two or three more games before then. Um. But I do think he wants everyone to think that there's a chance that I could come back in the next 21 days, in the next three weeks. I think he wants everyone to feel that way. And I don't think there's necessarily a bad thing in that. I, I, I kind of shifted my opinion and talked to Blal about it this morning. Kind of like maybe just seeing him tossing around at the uniform, like with the helmet on, made me change my opinion. But I'm not so negative as other people are on it. Some people are so negative, like, oh, he's making it all about himself. Some people are so negative, like, oh, he shouldn't come back because they're going to be out of a playoff spot. To me, it's like, Look, this dude is trying to going out there and showing his teammates like how much he cares. And it, if anything, it shows me how much he's going to put into next season and how much he cares about this team. And he's not going to abandon us after this year. He's going to want to make it work. And I think ultimately that's a good thing. He's the ultimate competitor and he has something that drives him. And whatever drives you, I think is important and stay true to that. And I think Aaron's doing that right now. And I think it's incredible what he's doing. I mean, he's defying modern science and medicine, right? And uh, the closest we've seen to it is, um, is I guess, Cam Akers, who was 30 days behind Aaron Rodgers. And I know he's a running back. It's different. Bilal told me, look, I've seen guys off ACLs three weeks later or four weeks later running in straight lines. But the second they have to dig their foot in the ground or make a cut or something like that, it's it's toast. So, like, you know, when yeah. I saw the video of 350-pound Makai Becton giving Aaron a hug yesterday, I was like, oh, my God, that's like, you know, <laughs> holding glass, you know, just yeah. be careful, Makai. <laughs> like, don't squeeze yeah. too hard. Don't lift him off the ground a little bit because if you twist him the wrong way, Rogers Achilles is going to go again. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, you definitely have that feeling. But like I said, I'm not as down on it as other people. I, I want it. And this is not like me if you've been listening to my podcast this year, but I want to choose to take the positive outlook and just be like, hey, look, I'm happy. I, I my dream was to see this guy in this uniform. I've seen it for four plays. Just seeing him on the practice field is exciting to me. Yeah, and there's nothing wrong with it being a morale booster. I know a lot of people were more down on it because it's, you know, it, people think it's like disingenuous or something. But like, there's no promise here that he's going to play in a game. He's just wanting to practice. And like, there's nothing wrong with that. If he yeah. wants to practice, he can practice. Like, um, so 
Yeah, I mean, I, I think that that's a good perspective to take, and I think if he wants to just be out there and, and jazz up his teammates, just, you know, that's fine. Uh, because, again, it, it, like I think a lot of people are like, well, why wouldn't you wait longer, you know, where he has an actual realistic chance of playing? It's like, well, if they need they need the boost now. <laughs> like, they can't really afford to wait probably three more weeks and then try the activation because at that point it might be too late to get any sort of actual boost out of it. So, um, yeah, don't blame him at all for that. Uh, I think it makes sense to me as well now that you've explained it so thank you but yeah well we're gonna dive into some matchups here guys uh on for this falcons jets game before we do want to bring you guys a quick uh look at this week's prize picks so stay tuned for that hey folks welcome to another week of prize picks here on the dirty birds and brews podcast heading into week 13 We've got a three-pack for you again this week. I, I, I typically like the three. I think it's a good mix of risk versus reward, right? You get five times on that three-player uh, pick. So we're going to go with Young Wei Koo, uh, of course. Uh, I think you're going up against the Jets. It's going to be a sloppy game. They're probably going to be pretty stingy, stingy in the red zone. You know, the Falcons are probably going to be kicking a lot of field goals. They probably should be taking the field goals when they have opportunities to to kick them. Uh, so I'm going with Young Wei Koo here. More than one and a half field goals made. I think that's one of the safer picks on here every single week. Young Wei Koo, the officially the NFL's most accurate kicker. I think he'll have plenty of opportunities in this one to to easily pass that number. Then going back to the well with Bijan again, this is a game where the Falcons are going to want to keep this on the ground. It's going to be rainy. There's going to be opportunities for Bijan to slip some tackles and get some big gains, and he's going to get a lot of work. I think they're going to pound the ball uh, with Bijan as much as they can in this one and keep the ball out of the air. Uh, so going with more than 58.5 rush yards for Bijan Robinson this week. And then the final one, we're going back to the well with Rashad White of the Bucks last week. Had a down game, just 10 receiving yards uh, as they lost to the Colts, but that was a big outlier game for him. Had just two targets in the passing game. Pretty much every week over the past, I think, six weeks, this is the only week where he wouldn't have surpassed this number. So we're going to have faith in Rashad White to bounce back this week, get more than 25.5 receiving yards, uh, and go with, with the Bucks offense against Carolina, which is... Going against Carolina, you know, I, I like the overs for most players going like that the more than numbers for the, the players going against Carolina here. But just want to remind you guys about prize picks. If you're not familiar, prize picks is a skill-based daily fantasy game where you pick two to six players, decide if they will go more or less than their prize picks projection. The more players you pick, the more you can win all the way up to 25 times your money on any entry. And a prize picks, you're not competing against other people it's just you versus the projections there's also a generous promotion schedule make sure to check on tuesdays and fridays for those promotions uh they've also got other ones coming through throughout the week so keep your eyes open and it's not just the nfl price picks offers projections on any sport that you watch including nfl nba nhl pga college football esports whatever you got they've got it and price picks entries can be made in 60 seconds or less and can offer and they offer you fast withdrawals. It's that easy, guys. All first-time users that deposit and use our promo code DBB will receive a 100% deposit match up to $100. That means if you deposit 100, prize picks will give you 100, and if you deposit 50, prize picks will give you 50. Just make sure to use our promo code DBB when you sign up to get that. And since prize picks is daily fantasy, guys, it's available in 31 states, Washington, D.C., and most of Canada. Most notably for Falcons fans, it's available in Georgia and over 70% of the U.S. So make sure you check it out. Thanks again to prize picks for sponsoring today's show. 
All right, guys, we're back here with Rami Levy for the Falcons versus Jets preview. And let's let's start with the Jets offense, which we talked about just a minute ago. Uh, it, it does appear that it will once again be Tim Boyle. Uh, we'll we'll see, like you said, if there's a quarterback change at some point in this one. I know it was a rough outing last week for Boyle. But, um, you know, talking about this, this Jets pass offense, it's been quite bad, unfortunately. Um, and, you know, Falcons fans are very familiar with what uh, struggles on, on the passing game look like. You know, Desmond Ritter also has been a, a turnover machine, although at least when he's throwing it, when he's throwing it well, when he's not throwing interceptions, he's actually been throwing the ball quite well now. So at least it's like, oh, that's great. That's great. Oh no. Uh, there's another pick, but you know, in between it's been a little bit better, but yeah, Zach Boy- Wilson was awesome. Yeah. Zach Wilson yeah, yeah. was awesome this year when he wasn't taking sacks, fumbling or throwing interceptions. Also. Yeah, exactly. You know, if you just remove all the bad stuff, it's great. So, uh, yeah, fantastic. So it doesn't seem like the upsides there with Tim Boyle, but why, why is he starting over Zach Wilson at this point? Uh, because I think it's run its course. I think ultimately that was, you talk about morale boost. That's, that's, that's kind of what you needed. It's, it was just too much. It was too much to see the same thing over and over again for the defense to feel like they have no chance. Now, I think the second half after the way the first half ended, the defense quit because they felt the same way again, where it's like, Oh my God, we have no chance in this game. Uh, so for two consecutive weeks, we saw the defense quit. And that's why I think Robert Sala did say on the Michael K show this week, he said, um, which is ESPN, New York here in, in, in New York. Uh, he's, he said, look, uh, Trevor Simeon is the backup. He's ready. He's ready to go if we need him. So I, I, that's not me just saying that I think we might see Simeon. I think Robert Sala kind of hinted at, you know, if if we're three and out the first three drives of the game and it's quick and it looks bad. And this defense again has to sit on the field, almost double the amount of time that the offense is on the field. We're going to make a change because I think the jets are now in desperation mode. You talk about, Last week was must win. The week before was must win. Now you lose another game. You're definitely not making the playoffs. So do I think the Jets are going to win out? No. But against an Atlanta team, that's not the most challenging team they're going to face. I think you have to have some sort of sense of desperation. Like we have to win this game. And I think jobs are on the line at this point. Hackett, uh, Salah, Joe Douglas. There has to be a sense of urgency going into this game uh, for the Jets. And I think that that will happen on offense. I don't know what to expect from Tim Boyle to answer your initial question. Why is he starting? I have no idea. This is a guy who threw one touchdown in three years at UConn and 13 interceptions on 48% completion percentage. I don't even know how he's in the league. It makes zero sense to me. He's 0-4 as a starter. He's got, what, seven interceptions in the league. It's not like this guy is not a good quarterback. I'm not sure what anyone sees in him. I know he's friends with Rodgers, and somehow that's the theme here where Rodgers' buddies screwing it up for everyone. But guess what? Rodgers' buddies, you're screwing it up for Rodgers because Aaron Rodgers wanted to make a historic comeback this year. And now he's not going to have a chance to do that because the Jets are going to be out of contention because all his little buddies ruined it. Yeah. You know, Rodgers giveth and Rodgers taketh away, you know, with these, with these guys. Apparently. But yeah. Uh, I, I'm shocked that Simeon's not starting, honestly, because I don't understand what people I, – I, I agree with you there. Like, I thought Simeon, every time he's had to Is play – Is there an undisclosed been, injury we don't know right. about? Like, I don't like, know. He's been so, – like, he's been okay. Like, he's been, like, a passable – backup quarterback uh which is he's, much yeah, better than times, tim boyle <laughs> he's, at times he's been a serviceable starter in this league which is yeah. more than anyone else on this roster can say that's not aaron Rodgers. yeah it, it's that's a bizarre one to me too i mean I'm, there's been a lot of bizarre decisions with this jets team and uh, I'm, I'm sure that's just one of them two but, years now yeah 
Uh, let, let's go to the offensive line next because that seems to be the, the most consistent problem area. And a lot of that does have to do with injuries. But what what starting five are you sort of expecting to see this week? I mean, I know there's questions about maybe Mekhi Becton and, and Wes Schweitzer's availability. But I think PFF has like Dwayne Brown, Lakin Tomlinson, Joe Tipman, Max Mitchell, and Mekhi Becton slated as the, the five at this point. If you're getting Brown, Tomlinson, and... Makai this week that's as good as an offensive line the Jets have had since that Denver game uh Tipman's been awesome Max Mitchell's been really good that's also a guy who got hurt so look Lincoln four of those five guys are guys who were hurt this year obviously and Tipman also got hurt at one point but he came back quickly Tipman's been their best offensive lineman Makai I think has been second to best this year so far outside of AVT who was great before he got hurt but if that's the five I don't know where you put um it, it, Mackay and obviously Mackay and Dwayne are going to have to flip flop right and left tackle, right? So I'm not sure what's going to happen there. I do still think you put Mackay at left tackle because he's the better player. And I'm sorry, Dwayne Brown, you're 39 years old and you've played one position your whole life. But at some point, you got to just try the other side because you have to understand that you're not at the point in your career where you're this great left tackle anymore. Um, so again, if that's the five, it's as good as the Jets have had in weeks. So I, I'd be happy with that five. Yeah, and, and it seems like you have some. There's some questions about Bakai. I think it, or Becton has been maybe limited still this week, and then yep. I don't know who else is in question. Maybe Lake and Tomlinson, and, and some of those guys are still in question about whether they'll play or not. But um, yeah, so we'll we'll see. We'll see how many of those guys come back this week. But that that seems to yep. be a big question mark is which of those guys will actually play, and then. You know the Falcons' uh, pass rush has has been not very great either, so that that certainly helps things. They they've been good on the interior. Uh, when they had David Onyemata and Grady Jarrett, they were just wrecking teams on the inside. Unfortunately, Grady Jarrett season-ending ACL tear a couple weeks ago, and they've just not been the same since then. Um, they've been playing Calais Campbell more on the inside, and he's he's good wherever he plays. But if he's not on the edge, you know they lose some edge presence, and if he's not on the inside, they don't really have another good pass rusher there next to David on who's still one of the best uh, interior guys in the NFL. So they're going to try to once again, you know, take advantage of any interior matchups they can that the edge pass rush, you know, Arnold Ebicady second year player, second round pick. Uh, he's been coming on a little bit. I think he has four and a half sacks. Now he's been getting more playing time. So he's maybe the one guy that's been consistent, at least to some extent on the outside. And then they have Bud Dupree who has got a lot of pressures but can't get sacks. He just misses sacks every week, every single week. They've lost, I think, two games now on a missed sack on fourth down at the end of games, the Vikings game and the Cardinals game um, that slipped through Bud Dupree's fingers. So, you know, the edge pass rush isn't great. They have, they've got a stable of guys, and they play really good run defense, but they just can't get the quarterback on the ground, so that's a problem. But the secondary, typically, for Atlanta has, has been the strong suit. A.J. Terrell, obviously, we know what we got there. Jeff Okuda's been having a good year. He He did get beat by Chris Olave a bit last week, which is a tough matchup. Who doesn't? But yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, D. Alford, the CFL star, he's back healthy now, should be starting again instead of Mike Hughes, which, please, God, no more Mike Hughes. Um, and I, and I, it pains me because he's a UCF legend and I'm UCF. So, you know, it, it, if I'm saying it, you know it's over. So um, let's get D. Alford out there. And then, of course, Jesse Bates, arguably the NFL's best safety this year. Uh, Garrett Wilson's still great. Uh, I lo- love Garrett Wilson, but it seems like an open question every week, like what other wide receivers are actually going to be active and playing. So what, what's your sort of take on this this Jets wide receiving core? I think Alan Lazar was more of a message being sent to him. Um, 
I don't know. I think he'll be active. I think he'll be better. He's been a good professional his whole career. Like this season has been really out of character for him. And maybe once Rogers went down, he kind of was like, ah, screw it. And he's not giving the effort that, you know, he should be giving. And maybe that's why there's a little message sent, but I think he'll be back this week. I do want to see more Jason Brownlee. Uh, I'm, I've, Bilal and I have talked about this ad nauseum. We've had enough of uh, Xavier Gibson. It's a nice story for a little bit, but Jason Brownlee was the better receiver the whole, you know, the whole training camp and the whole preseason. Uh, Gibson had that special teams play at the beginning of the season, and that's why they were playing him. But I think he hasn't looked as good on special teams. And ultimately, their best weapons might be Izzy Abanaconda and Brees Hall out of the backfield. So I see, you know, Garrett Wilson will probably be doubled all game like he's been the last few weeks. You got to find a way to just have those other guys be a little bit productive. And you talked about Calais Campbell. I love Calais. I, I got to know him a little bit when I worked for the Ravens. So he's awesome. And I love his attitude and he'll, he'll do anything he can. I could see him getting a couple sacks this week. Look, the jets have been the most sacked team in the league or one of the most, I think they're like 30th or 31st in the league uh, in amounts of sacks they have per game. It's like five per game now. So it's ridiculous. And I think that's seven last week with, uh, with Tim Boyle back there. So, I'd say this is a good opportunity for a get right spot for the Falcons. Look, every defense that plays the Jets this year, it's like, oh my God, their defense finally showed up. They turned into the 85 Bears. And then it's like, oh, well, maybe it's just the Jets offense because the team gets blown out the following week. Like uh, the Chargers looked insane against the Jets. And then the next week they give up, what, five, 600 yards against and 40 points against Detroit. So uh, that, that's what's been happening this year for the Jets a lot. But I like, uh, I think the Falcons defense will have a good day on Sunday. Yeah, and it's been it's been nice for Atlanta to actually have a good defense this year. They they've been 14th in scoring and yards. So you know, for that for for Atlanta fans, that's like an elite defense because we've been in the 30s basically every year since 2017. That was the last time we had a defense even in the top half. So uh, they've been they've been good, especially against the run. Um, you know, I think they're like 11th in yards per carry allowed and. Uh, they've been decent against the pass too. I think they're a little bit above league average, tenth in yards allowed. So they, it's a solid defense. When they lost Grady Jarrett, they just lost their teeth a little bit um, because at that point they were top ten, uh, and then after that they've sort of had some bad games. But I'm interested to see mostly this Jets rushing attack because Brees Hall's still really good. Is Israel Abanaconda was a guy that I really liked coming out. That they're very efficient on the ground. Like when the Jets are able to run the ball, they do a good job. But it seems like they 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 get the run game taken out almost immediately every week. Um, yeah. Is that seem is that why the carries are so low? Is they just get behind in all these games? Yeah, I think so. I also do think that they should be relying on the run a little bit more and not just first down runs right up the middle. Like they have to get creative a little bit with it. Like throw it on first down. See if you can get four or five yards on a quick pass and then run it. I think you'll be a lot more effective that way. Um, I want to see more of that, but we'll see that their run game has been, okay, run it on first down, run right into the line of scrimmage and then run it on second down and again, right into the line of scrimmage. Maybe you'll get a couple yards. It's, it's been tough and they've been reliant on the big run plays on, you know, Brees breaking a play or Izzy breaking a play. And that's, that's kind of not the way to do it. And it seems like, I don't know if the coaching staff is watching the game. Like Dalvin cook had two, two runs in, in Atlanta, uh, in Vegas, I think one for nine yards, one for 10 yards. It was like, Oh my God, look, Dalvin finally looks like he has his feet under him. And then he didn't see the ball the rest of the game. And they, they were in that game till the end. Like, so sometimes you got to just not abandon your game plan or maybe do abandon your game plan if something else is working. And so I, I don't know, it's been confusing to watch this team to say the least. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, because if you look at their efficiency numbers, I think they're they're quite good running the ball. But it doesn't. But I think they're like among the the lowest carry numbers in the league. And I know yep. a lot of that has to do with getting behind in games. But still, I mean, when you have this defense, it's not like you're out immediately most weeks. So. Yeah, most games they've been close. And by the way, it's a great yeah. way to keep your defense off the field is to run the ball. Yeah, yeah. Fifth in yards per carry, the Jets right now four and a half yards per carry. Uh, and 31st in attempts. So they're 27th in yeah. total yards. So that's bizarre. That's a bizarre one. That's for sure. So I think you have a legitimate uh, bone to pick there in terms of, of that usage. Um, switching sides here to the Falcons offense. It's been very up and down. Uh, they are on a streak now, I believe, of... Let me check. I think it's like four or five games where they've actually scored more than 20 points, which which doesn't act. Yeah, there are, there are four games of more than 20 points after, I think, scoring more than 20 points, three games in the first seven. So they they figured something out. They've gotten a little more consistent. The run game in particular has started to, to get a lot more consistent. They're coming off a 228-yard uh, performance against the Saints on the ground. Desmond Ritter's gotten better about knowing when to run the football, when to sort of tuck it. Uh, and of course they finally figured out, you know, maybe we should just give the ball to Bijan Robinson. You know, I, I wouldn't think that you that think? would be, I, w- I wouldn't I think that would be Kyle complicated. Maybe also. Well, yeah. I don't think I'm ever going to get that Rami. I, I mean, I, I rail on that every <laughs> single week and I, I, at this point I'm just kind of, I mean, I'm still going to bring it up every week, but yeah, it, it, it doesn't seem like that's going to happen, but at least they're using Bijan Robinson, uh, who's d- basically doubling up on the carries of, of Tyler Algier at this point. So the Falcons ground attack, I, I think going into this game, that's going to be the plan is the, the Jets defense. Very good. Um, I mean, it, I think if they had a competent offense, they'd probably be top five in most stats. Uh, yeah. Instead, instead they're playing an absurd amount of snaps and uh, they're, they're just getting worn down over the course of the game. And I imagine the Falcons game plan will be, we're just going to try to bludgeon you to death essentially. Um, and, and not put the ball up in the air, but this coaching staff has done some weird things before, but how do, how do you feel about this Jets defense and their ability to match up with Atlanta's run game? Because they're they're probably going to try to run it as much as possible. Well, I think that's the biggest matchup in this game. I know Quinn Williams is incredible in the run up front, like you talked about, kind of that guy in the middle that can clog the run. Uh, so that's going to be huge, the way they can rotate defensive linemen in and out to stop the run. And then their linebackers, whether it's Kyle Pitts, whether it's Bijan out of the backfield pat, catching the ball, Quincy and CJ Mosley, Quincy Williams and CJ Mosley have been awesome this year, two of the best linebackers in the league. So I'm not worried about the guys on the outside, guys on the back end, obviously, with with Sauce, DJ, and all those guys. Obviously, them stepping up and making tackles in the run game is going to be huge. But we've seen some plays this year where you have CJ knifing through or or uh, or really CJ kind of reading a play before it happens. And then Quincy knifing through like the blocks to make a play in the backfield. Those guys are going to be huge in this game. They are in every game, but it's so crazy that they are, have been the X factor for this defense. And when they go, they're also the energy guys. So when they go, the whole team goes. And I think also, like I said, Quinnen, just manhandling three people up front. He doesn't care to get the yeah. stats himself. He just wants, when he gets in the backfield, everyone else makes everyone else's job easier. And that's that's how he wants it to be. He wants everyone else to feast. And we had him on the show and he talked to us about that. He's like, look, I don't care. I know there was the whole thing with Troy Aikman where Troy Aikman's like, oh, Quinnen said he's the highest paid decoy in the league. Quinnen never said that. Quinnen would never say that because I know Quinnen personally now. Bilal knows Quinnen. They're good friends, you know? And so Quinnen said on our show, I don't care about my stats. I care about winning and I want everyone else to dominate. So if that means me taking up three guys and everyone else can dominate, that's what Quinton cares about, and that's what he's been doing all year and really his whole career. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think 
that's that's definitely the guy I would be watching the most um, in terms of a, a potential game wrecker. He's been awesome. And, you know, Jermaine Johnson was one of my guys when he came out in the draft. I was hoping Atlanta would ne- would be able to get him. Yeah. Uh, they go in a different direction. But he seems like he's really coming on this year. Um, so definitely enjoying that. It does seem like one a couple areas to target in the run game. Whoever's playing next to Quinn and Williams, it seems like the, the interior defensive line depth is maybe a little bit suspect. I know Al Woods plays a lot there, and, and he's he's still solid. But, you know, Quentin well, Al Jefferson... Woods got hurt, I think. Oh, that's right. So is he not yeah. available? Yeah, I, I don't think he's going to be playing, no. Okay. I think Sorry. he might yeah. be out. I... Oh, no, you're right. He is on IR. I see that now. Yeah. Yep. Okay, so that is a significant loss because he's he's been I yes. think, one of the more reliable yeah, guys. Yeah, he, know... he was really good for them there. Yeah, yeah, and I know, like, Quentin Jefferson and Solomon Thomas are good pass rushers, but the run defense for them is not quite as good. So maybe that's a spot to target for Atlanta. And I know Sauce, uh, absolutely amazing coverage corner, but not the best run defender at this stage. So that's something uh, I'm sure he's working on. But, I mean, when you're that good in coverage, I mean, I'll take it. I, I don't really care. <laughs> so. Yeah, I, you know, it's so funny. There seems to be this year, like, this turn on Sauce where people are trying to tear him down. Like, oh, he holds and all that stuff. I'm like, all right, guys, come on. <laughs> what yeah, are we doing I, here? This is a guy. Sometimes you have to just sit back and appreciate someone who's really great, and he's one of the greatest. And he's he's still learning, but he's a great young corner in this league. Yeah, well, I mean, it's like, oh, I'm sorry, he's only the ninth best corner this year, not number one. Oh no, uh, what what a bust! Exactly, you know? the second year in the league. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what a bust. Yeah, no, it's ridiculous, but definitely the pass game is where the the Jets will have an advantage because that pass rush is absolutely lethal when they get going. Um, a lot of guys that can do it, they they have a great rotation. Uh, the Falcons' offensive line has been very good the last few weeks. Uh, Don't forget Bryce Huff too when you talk yeah, about that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Bryce Huff is. You talking about Jermaine? Future Kim Falcon Bryce Huff. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. He's gonna get paid by someone. He's getting the bag. Yeah. I mean, at this point, I'll I'll take anyone that can rush the passer. But, uh, you know, Atlanta coming off a great game against the Saints in terms of their offensive line, they didn't allow a sack. Um, they allowed ba- barely any pressure as well. Uh, rookie Matthew Bergeron at left guard just had his best game. I think it was like a 94 on PFF. So maybe he's finally, uh, stabilizing a bit. Um, he's never been bad this year, but hadn't really flashed until the last couple of weeks. So happy to see that, of course. And then we all know who Chris Lindstrom is and what he can do. Uh, but you know, it's, it's a good offensive line. It's not one of the elite offensive lines at this point, unless you're talking about run blocking, um, so they're they're beatable. So I think that the game plan will be to de-emphasize the passing game in this one. But you know they they do have Drake London, who I imagine is going to draw the t- the tough coverage. Uh, but outside of Drake London, they they haven't really found a number two receiver. They refuse to use Kyle Pitts in that way. So that's frustrating. Um, you know they do have Jonu Smith, who I think has been playing pretty well as that other complimentary target. And then of course Bijan Robinson. But um, yeah, I, I suspect this is going to be a game where the Falcons don't try too hard to air it out uh, against this Jets secondary. Well, that's been the thing for most Jets, most Jets opponents is they're not trying to throw the ball a ton of times because that's the worst thing that you can do is throw the ball and turn it over that way. So the best thing you could do against the Jets, the game plan is play super, super conservative and then just let the Jets beat themselves. Yeah, that's been the plan against the Falcons quite a bit this year, too. <laughs> so I'm very familiar with that. But Until Derek Carr showed up and decided, yes. no, I'm going to he, air it out. And he out-turnovered. Linebackers and safeties don't exist. <laughs> yes, he out-turnovered uh, Desmond Ritter. So congratulations, Derek Carr. And it, Well, at least Desmond Ritter is only making like $2 million. So we, we have that, at least. Yes. He's, he's, very, he's very affordable. Uh, but yeah, you know, so I, th- I think at this so point. Tim Boyle. 
Yeah. <laughs> right. I mean, hey, it's not the money's not everything, right? But uh, yeah, yeah. I, it's a tough the passing game. I don't think the Falcons are going to try too much there. You know, but we'll, we'll, I'm sure they'll try to take take some shots if they present themselves. But uh, it's going to be a ground and pound day, and, and you know, Atlanta's going to want to wear out the opponent as much as they can. And it certainly helps when you got Robinson and Algier, and now Patterson's healthy again. Um, so their their game plan is probably going to be similar to the Saints, where it's like we're going to try to get up to a small lead hopefully cause some turnovers on defense and then we're going to salt the game away with Algier in the second half and, and see what we can do there. Um, what do you think that the Jets overall plan will be in this one? Something, something similar or. I think it's the same thing. Like I think they're going to try and quick pass game, try and run the ball and just try and rely on their defense. And look, if their defense quits again, I wouldn't blame them, but uh, I let's just hope their defense keeps them in it. And like I said, I think we might see a quarterback change if we're three, four drives into the game and nothing is doing. Yeah, definitely something to monitor. Well, yeah, I I, I, I never like I'm comfortable picking Atlanta, uh, especially on the road, because Ritter has one win on the road this year uh, against the Buccaneers. Wow. He can beat the NFC South. I'll give him that. Yeah. Uh, 3-0 and against the NFC South. So, so, so as long as you win those games, you're probably fine in this division. But um yeah curious what your your prediction is for this game atlanta i think is like a two and a half point favorite at this stage uh on the road but um not not neither team really inspiring a ton of confidence uh maybe it seems like the betters like atlanta slightly better uh but curious where, where you're landing on this one yeah i think most recently i saw like a three-point spread atlanta favored yeah that's that makes sense the jets don't have an offense and their defense hasn't looked good the last couple of weeks. I think again, because they've pretty much quit the last couple of weeks. So I don't know. I, I don't like picking the jets either. I do think whatever game this will be, it'll be like a 16, 13, 12 to nine type of game. It's we might not see ass. a touchdown yeah. in this game. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like if you want to bet, you could bet every week. Look at those odds. They're pretty good. No touchdown scored in the game. We almost had it. In uh in the Monday night football game that that came awfully close. I think it was eight minutes to go when the first touchdown, eight minutes to go in the game when the first touchdown was scored. So this is gonna be an opportunity. If you're going to MetLife Stadium on Sunday to sit in the rain, I'm sorry. I, I'm <laughs> not gonna go, I don't think. Uh well, still undecided, but I don't think I'm gonna go. And I think this is gonna be a tough, tough outing for both teams. I see it like like I said, 12 to 9, 16, 13, 13, 10. Uh I do think the Jets will be just desperate enough that they'll find a way to win because they always find a way to reel us back in when we, <laughs> that's, when we that's think exactly we're out. right. So, yeah, they, they find a way to just so, keep uh, hope alive. Just they kindle it just a little bit just to keep you invested. Yeah. Yeah. And it. I think like if they lose a fifth consecutive game, I think like jobs might be on the line. So I, I think people really in that building are desperate. And I think it's desperation mode now. So I think ultimately they find they are talented still they're a talented team i know it's not the season's not gone the way they anyone has wanted it to go uh but i think they they find a way to pull it out by a point or two this week yeah yeah it's certainly within the the range of outcomes without question um yeah to me it, it if the falcons have really committed to this run game and they did get uh team mvp parker hesse the, the blocking tight end back off of ir last week and that that might have been a catalyst for that 200 yard game you know uh so that that's been the one issue that has been kind of underrated was that pitts obviously is not a blocking tight end they, they seem intent on using him that way and then johnny smith is actually a good pass blocker but not a run blocker so they do have their blocking tight end back that's helped their outside zone quite a bit um so i, I do trust 
if they're going to use Bijan like the, the way they've been using him, that that run game will be able to get enough done to to, to win this. And, you know, the driving rain, not great, but Young Way Koo, one of the most reliable kickers in the NFL. I believe he did overtake mm. Justin Tucker yeah. after Tucker's miss a couple yes. weeks ago. Um, so yeah. it, if Atlanta just takes the points and doesn't try to go for it on fourth down against this defense where they've been very, very poor, um, then I think they'll probably squeak out like a 17-13 win or something like that. But it's going to be hella ugly in the driving rain. I think we can all uh, see this one. So, yeah. Can't wait. <laughs> yeah, can't wait. Can't wait. But Rami, uh, really appreciate your time, guys. He's Rami Levy at Rami underscore Levy, host of the In-Flight Snack Podcast with Bilal Powell. Anything else you'd like to plug before we sign off today? No, that's it. You know, listen to the podcast if you like the Jets. Uh, if you want to hear our preview, we did a preview with the uh, producer of this game for Kenny Albert and Jonathan Vilma on the Fox broadcast, Fran Morrison. So that was a fun episode. So if you want to hear our preview, that'll be up on Believe Podcast Network wherever you get your podcast. So uh, appreciate you having us on. Absolutely, guys. Check that out for sure. I'm Kevin Knight at Falcoholic Kevin. You can find all my stuff there We're on the falcoholic.com. Uh, if you're watching on YouTube, please like, subscribe, leave that five-star review on your podcast platform of choice. If you're a video listener, you can check out our new channel memberships that we just launched. If you're a podcast listener, check out the Patreon for those sweet, sweet exclusive perks. Uh, yeah, guys, we'll be back, of course, for the post-game show following the game on Sunday, hopefully celebrating a big dub. But most of all, uh, I know the MetLife field is notorious for injuries, so we'll just hope for a healthy game for both teams and <laughs> that we can all escape uh, with, with our sanity intact this week. But once again, thanks to Rami for joining us, guys. Thanks for watching today's Falcons vs. Jets preview. We'll see you this weekend. Have a great day, folks. Thank you.